0: Let's talk mortgages. So the residential mortgage industry report came out from CMHC and there were some pretty interesting findings. The first was that CMHC noticed a slowdown in mortgage activity due to fewer home sales. However, mortgage debt continued to grow. This mortgage debt was especially common in the uninsured market, which is a mortgage with under 80% loan to value, meaning you put more than 20% down on your purchase. The growth in mortgage debt could be due to the cost of debt being more expensive and what's interesting is this was the same situation we saw in the previous mortgage industry report released in May. The report also mentioned that more borrowers are opting to go with a fixed rate mortgage with terms between three to five years. This could indicate that Canadians believe fixed interest rates will stay relatively the same over the next couple of years. We also saw that arrears were on the rise for both mortgages and lines of credit, particularly mortgages that were above $600,000. Now, we are still well below pre-pandemic levels of about 0.2% for these mortgage types, but it is trending upwards. In terms of credit card debt, a recent report came out from Equifax that showed the average balance of credit card holders rose to $4,119, in the third quarter of 2023 and this was up about four hundred dollars from the same time last year they also found the percentage of credit card holders making minimum payments on their card rose by 3.4 percent and the percentage of those paying off their balance in full dropped by one and a half percent now although these are minor changes Could this be a sign that Canadians are overextending to combat the cost of living crisis? Only time will tell. Next, let's talk about the federal government. So they released their 2023 fall economic statement at the end of November, and it contains something called the Canadian Mortgage Charter. These changes have been all over the news, but essentially they're just reminders of policy and six guidelines that the banks should follow. I'm going to go over each of them and hopefully break them down in easy to understand language. So, without further ado, Canadians can expect lenders to 1. Allow temporary extensions of the amortization period for mortgage holders at risk. So, the amortization period is the amount of years it takes you to pay off your loan. This, If this is extended, your monthly payment goes down but it means you're paying your mortgage for a longer period of time. If you are a mortgage holder at risk, which according to the government means that you have an existing mortgage on your principal residence and you're at risk of not keeping up with regular payments. In this case, you could ask your lender to temporarily extend that amortization to lower your monthly payments number two canadians can expect lenders to waive fees and costs that would otherwise be charged for relief measures an example of this would be the lender waiving prepayment penalties because you had to make a lump sum payment to avoid re-extending your amortization so let's say you were unable to keep up with your monthly payments but you had a large sum of money you wanted to put down to help combat the missed payments. There would normally be a fee for that prepayment, but this point is saying that Canadians can expect lenders to waive that fee. Number three, Canadians can expect lenders to not require insured mortgage holders to requalify under the insured minimum qualifying rate when they switch lenders at mortgage renewal. This means that you are not stress tested when you have an insured mortgage and switch to a different lender. Meaning you bought a house with 10% down and have an insured mortgage with TD Bank. You want to switch to BMO at Renewal and when that time comes, you don't get stress tested. This allows you to shop around for a new lender at Renewal without having to pass that stress test again number four canadians can expect lenders to contact homeowners four to six months in advance of their mortgage renewal to inform them of their renewal options this is pretty straightforward when you're getting close to renewal you'll get a call from your lender where they'll discuss your renewal options number five canadians can expect lenders to give homeowners at risk the ability to make lump sum payments to avoid negative amortization which is when you have to extend your amortization because you can't make payments, something I touched on earlier. They also mentioned that homeowners at risk can sell their principal resident without any prepayment penalties. This part I believe is new. If you are a homeowner at risk, you can now sell your primary resident without any prepayment penalties from your lender. And finally, number six, Canadians can expect lenders to not charge interest on interest in the event that mortgage relief measures result in a period of negative amortization. So a mortgage payment is made up of principal and interest. When you have a negative amortization, you work the principal and interest that you haven't paid back into your overall mortgage. My understanding is this new guideline is saying that they won't charge you interest on top of that stacked interest. Now, a lot of this isn't new, and I don't believe they are mandatory for lenders, but it is a great reminder for Canadians. As always, with any mortgage information, please speak with a professional. I am not in the mortgage industry, and this is not mortgage advice. Please speak with a mortgage professional to get clarification on all of these points. And to read more about the Fall Economic Statement and the Mortgage Charter, click the link in the show notes. Finally, some good news. Well, maybe. Ontario has made changes to the legislation that governs real estate professionals. The new act is called the Trust in Real Estate Services Act and introduces new legislation that gives the seller the option to disclose items in an offer. This comes in the form of a seller's direction where the seller can choose to disclose any combination of either the price, deposit, conditions, or closing date of any offer they receive. This could potentially eliminate blind bidding and overpaying for real estate if a seller chooses they want to disclose the price. It could also allow them to get more favorable terms on any offer they receive. The question is whether or not they will choose to disclose anything and if it will have any impact on price. Let's say a home was listed at $700,000 and there are three offers, $680,000, $700,000, and $750,000. If it wasn't a blind bid, could that last buyer have saved $49,000 by just bidding $701,000 rather than going 50K over the list price? it is tough to say. With sellers' recent successful experience during the 2021 and 2022 bidding wars, whether or not they will want to offer this open bidding option. One example we can turn to is Australia. They have open bidding in their country, and although I don't know much about their economy as a whole, we can compare the average price of Canadian real estate with Australian real estate, over the last 20 years to see if this open bidding process has any effect on price appreciation. So in the last 23 years, in the year 2000, the average price for a home in Australia was $312,000 according to Atlas Financial. In Canada, the average price was about $164,000 in the year 2000 according to RE-MAX. However, in 2023, the average price in Canada was about $650,000 according to WAWA, whereas Australia had a median price of about $740,000 in 2023 according to CoreLogic. This is a percentage increase of 137% in Australia over the last 23 years and 296% in Canada. One caveat to this type of analysis is the exchange rate over time. Right now, the Canadian dollar is about $0.90 on the Australian dollar, but it has dropped as low as $0.77 on the Australian dollar during the last 23 years. Now, it isn't a perfect science or a perfect comparison, but potentially if sellers choose to go with the open bidding option, prices could appreciate slower, meaning buyers would pay less for the home. It is a bit of a stretch, but let's see. Well, that's all for me, folks. This has been another episode of the Canadian Real Estate News Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Blencarn, and until next time, take care.